the podcast is back, and that's something to celebrate. Welcome to Something to Celebrate. I'm Amy Wiley, owner of Suburban Soiree. Join me as we celebrate, decorate, organize, host, and make life fun. Hello and welcome back to Something to Celebrate. I know it has been a little while and we're going to talk all about that coming up today, but I'm so happy to be back with you to get the podcast going again. And as you may or may not know, the reason why I took such a long break is that the past school year, my family and I loaded up everything into an RV and we traveled around the United States. We even went into Canada and we spent just a wild, crazy, fun year exploring. And when we embarked on this adventure, I said, don't worry, the podcast will continue. We brought the equipment with us and we fully intended to keep it going. However, (laughs) the reality of life on the road and the whole goal of the trip was to really pour into our kids since we have such limited time with them and to really have some great family time. And the truth is the podcast would have cramped our style. It not only takes a lot of time for me, but it takes probably even more time for my husband as he edits and produces the podcast for me. So I went through several weeks of like, I'll start it next week. I'll start it next week and finally just called it. So thank you for your patience. Um, It was nice to have a break and it's really great to be back. Today, I'm going to be telling you about our RV trip and kind of the good, the bad, the ugly, everything you want to know about life on the road for about a year with our two teenagers. But first, I want to talk about today's featured product in my shop. I'm going to be featuring one every week just to tell you a little bit more about them and use the podcast to sort of give you my insight on why these products are something that you just might want because I put a lot of love and thought into them and I'm happy to talk to you about them. So in my shop, you will find several Halloween napkin designs. I love Halloween. I am team cute, not creepy. I don't like the blood and gore. I like the cute, fun, whimsical, smiley, happy kids and candy Halloween, not the scary Halloween. And my newest design, one of my newest designs, uh, one is exclusive to the Sassy Napkin Society. You cannot get this one. The second one, there are a few available in my shop and perhaps you've seen these on Instagram, but it is the Boo Y'all design. Listen, you slap y'all on anything and I'm like sold. Uh, Being a Texan, maybe you're from a part of the country that says y'all as well. It's a little cowboy ghost. It's a white napkin. The ghost has a little black and white cow print cowboy hat. And then the orange letters say boo y'all underneath. Now, little inside scoop in the napkin world. Uh, Having two colors of printing is like a big splurge and a big extra. So these are extra nice. They're really cute and fun. They would be perfect for any kind of Halloween gathering you're going to have. Whether you're having one friend over for coffee or having, you know, 20 kids over for a play date, or if you just want to slip them into your kids' lunchboxes or use them for your grandkids, they also would make a really fun hostess gift. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. There's a matching tea towel as well, if that's what you would rather have or to pair with it. But I think they're a really fun design. I want to make sure you know about them. Okay, so let's get into our wild year on the road. If you follow me on Instagram, and you were with me last year, you saw a lot of our adventures. 
I tried to post on stories every night kind of after everyone was settled in and the day was done to where it didn't take away any family time, but I certainly wanted to document all of our travels. So today I want to tell you what it's really like to live and travel and do life in an RV. This was a completely new experience to me and spoiler alert, I loved it, but not everything about it is perfect and we're going to get into that. So let me set the scene here that I am not what's known as a camper. I did not grow up camping. I had no desire to camp. I don't like to camp. Uh, The only camping I've ever done that I can recall was forced upon me. I went to a great Christian school in the Dallas area and a certain rite of passage that was required in the eighth grade was the famous eighth grade wilderness trip. This involved a week away where you put on your school issued hiking boots put all of your things in your school-issued backpack, hiked a few miles, if I recall, into the campsite, set up your own tent, which we had practiced at school for weeks beforehand, set up your tent, shared this tiny tent with three other friends, and you cooked all of your meals on a tiny stove, and there were porta-potties or the woods, there was no showers, Um, there was like a spigot to brush your teeth, And there are some really, really beautiful memories from that trip, and it's certainly a valuable experience, and I see why they wanted us to do this, but listen, I was not excited to go on this trip. Here's me at school raising my hand. If I were to say, break my arm, would I have to go? They're like, yes, everyone has to go. So I, you know, unwillingly did that camping experience. I ended up going back as a counselor through a crazy series of events my senior year, um, which was a fun part of it that you did have seniors in high school at the school who acted as counselors for this trip. I had a little bit better time the second time around being older and having a few more privileges as a counselor. But listen, that is the extent of my camping. I felt like that was a feat of strength that I even did it those two weeks out of my life. So listen, I'm not like a gung-ho camper. So when a lot of people heard that we were going to be traveling in an RV, they thought I had lost my mind. And perhaps I had. They didn't think this so much of my other family members or my husband, but they're like, what is Amy going to do? Let me tell you the first behind the scenes secret about an RV. It is not roughing it. Let me tell you, it is not roughing it. It's not like camping. Um, Although it is technically camping, It's like having a little apartment with all of your things and just taking it around wherever you go. So let me describe our setup. And I certainly don't mean this to be like any sort of bragging or like telling you how great it was. I just want you to know what we were working with. Okay. And you're probably like, no, I'm not impressed. I don't want to live in a tiny tin box. Let me tell you kind of the setup. Okay. First of all, my husband and I had a king sized bed. And um, my daughter had one of two bunk beds and then my son had a separate bed that pulled down over the cab of the RV and there were other beds available throughout um, that we even used sometimes. We had two bathrooms, which is something we sort of stumbled into and then looking back, we are very thankful we had two bathrooms, one for the kids, one for my husband and I. Uh, My kids, being a boy and a girl, have never shared a bathroom. We are fortunate they have their own. I think with a boy and a girl, that's very nice in our home, but they did have to share a bathroom. So that was a new experience. 
but honestly, it had so much convenience and you have all the comforts of home. We also had three slides that slid out so that when we were parked and leveled, we would open up the RV and it would get bigger. So just in case you're not familiar with how that works, you know, you have it uh, all compact for going down the road, but then we were actually able to expand and have some more room to move around when we were stopped. So what's great about having your own bed, and I, you know, I had my heated mattress pad, which a lot of people think I'm crazy for. I love my heated mattress pad. Um, we had our kind of sheets that we like. We had cozy blankets. We had our favorite type of pillows. And there's no ick like there is when you stay maybe in an Airbnb or a hotel. Even if it's clean and new, it's always nice to sort of get back to your own things. At least for me with the RV, it's your own bed and it's very familiar and comfortable and you know it's clean and it's yours and so that's a really nice level of comfort. Um, another thing that's really nice about it is, well, first of all, <laughs> I get this question a lot. Did I drive the RV? No, I did not. I know my strengths. I know my gifts. Had there been an emergency, I would have figured something out, but I did not drive. My husband is a great driver and he thankfully did all of the driving. My son at one point, he has this driver's license. Um, he scooted it up about six inches for us at a campsite for my husband. And I said, well, you have driven it more than I have. So I did not drive, which meant while we were going down the road, first of all, it was great to take in all the scenery because you have this huge, wide open windshield. It's like a great big picture window. And so you can really take in all the scenery and the sights. You can also take a nap, again, in your own bed. How many times when I was a kid on a car trip, you know how you have like the line down the middle and you're trying to like not let your sibling cross the line and you just wish you could stretch out and sleep normally? Listen, that's what you can do in an RV. You can lay down in your own bed and take a nap. You can use your own restroom. You don't have to use a gas station bathroom on a road trip. You have your own. You can make a sandwich. You can get a Coke out of the fridge. I mean, it's really, really nice. And there's a lot of comfort in having all of your home with you as you go around. Not only did my husband do all the driving, but he handled the potentially grosser parts of RV life. The black water, gray water, if you know, you know. If you don't, don't worry about it. But he handled everything on the outside of the RV, all the hookups. And I think he would say that was fine. He developed a system. He wore gloves. It wasn't, you know, um, really wasn't like a big deal. It is a lot of work and I appreciate him doing it, but that wasn't it wasn't just like horrible every time or anything, uh, but he sort of handled all the outside. I handled everything on the inside. Um, the only negative I would say or way that is not the only negative, but the only sense in which we were quote unquote roughing it would be that you had to take pretty short showers. I don't know about you, but when I'm at home, I turn on the shower, I let it start warming up, I'm walking around like picking out my outfit, you know, oh, making sure I have body wash or whatever, then you get in the shower, take a nice long shower. Listen, in an RV, the hot water is limited. You don't want to use it all up for others, and so you got to be all business. You're in and you're out. The good part about this is that I could get ready for the day pretty quickly as opposed to at home, but that was one way in which it was a little bit different is that you can't just shower endlessly. Another um, way that it's not roughing it and that it was really good is the flexibility. If we had to change our plans, which happened very rarely, but a couple of times, uh, one, for instance, we were in California, we were driving on a steep kind of windy road and we started seeing the cars coming the opposite direction toward us 
had snow on them. And we looked at the forecast, we realized we were going into snow. We knew there was some potential weather, but we didn't realize we were going to hit it that quickly. And so we decided this was not a safe option to be driving in the snow. And since we had our house on wheels, we could just do whatever we needed to do. We found a place to park for the night and there was really zero inconvenience. We changed our plans, but listen, we had our food, we had our beds, we had all our clothes. So unlike having to reroute a flight or change hotels, it really was not a big deal when we had to pivot last minute. And that was something that we really appreciated. A side note, since I described kind of our physical setup about the RV, a lot of people ask about school and work. So my husband has worked remotely since the pandemic. He's worked from home. And so we were fortunate that he was able to continue doing that on the road. He had some beautiful places where he got to work and sit outside. Um, sometimes it was a little hairier than that, but we made it work and he did a great job keeping up with his work responsibilities as we traveled. As for school, I homeschooled my son, myself, and my daughter, her school actually let her continue her work remotely. And they worked with her to give her assignments and let her keep up and stay at her same school from a distance, which was really nice. Um, the kids definitely enjoyed not going to school. I'm not going to say they enjoyed the homeschool work, but they enjoyed the break from having to do the day-to-day -day of school. That was really nice for all of us. So there you have it. It is not roughing it. RV life is actually very nice. In my opinion, I loved it way more than I ever expected to. My next point is that it's going to maybe sound obvious or maybe not. There is so much to see right here in the United States. So much to see. Uh, some stats for you. We covered 21,308 miles on the RV. Those are the miles we put on our RV we did many more in the Jeep we towed behind us. I mean, we drove for hours in that Jeep, so we covered a lot of miles. We hit 35 states during this road trip. We visited 18 national park sites. We ventured into Canada twice just because we could and we wanted to. It was fun to go international with our trip. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw that we went to 27 different car museums. Side note about the car museums. This is not my thing necessarily. My husband loves it and my kids love it as well. And this is something that I was happy to do with them. And a lot of these car museums also would have exhibits about fashions from different periods or exhibits about different owners of the cars, Hollywood stars, famous people, um, different historical elements, or some of the cars were just cool to see. Uh, so I really found a way to enjoy those car museums since my family loved them so much. And every now and then I just bailed out and said, I'm going to take this day to be on my own and maybe clean up around the RV, take a nap or whatever. But um, we did a lot of car museums and that's very unique to our family. But that's something that we all ended up getting quite a kick out of. And it was nice to cover some obscure ones that maybe we would have not visited otherwise. But that's to say we covered so much, um, so much of our country. We went outside the country. We saw all kinds of things, had all kinds of experiences. And I feel like we barely touched the surface. I feel like you could spend a year exploring California itself. I mean, there is so much to see and do and explore everything from cities to small towns to the outdoors to different cultural elements of our country. I mean, there is so much to see 
And I'm going to share some planning tips and kind of how we got the most out of each stop and how we found things to see. I'm going to do an episode on that because I have had some questions about that and we sort of learned a lot about doing that along the way. But let me just tell you, even in your own state, one state over or across the country, there is a lot to see and do right here in the United States. And I can't wait to see more. We came back home a few times throughout our year of travel because our kids had some commitments we wanted to let them keep and we came back for the holidays. We weren't going to be hardcore and miss Christmas with our families. Um, So we did kind of come back and forth a little bit, which did cramp our style and kind of change things up a bit, but we definitely packed in as much as we could. The next truth about RV life that I discovered, it's just kind of a funny side note for you, is that the different campsites definitely have their own personalities. And I haven't quite determined how you know beforehand what kind of personality the campsite has. I mean, definitely if there are a lot of amenities for kids um, or the location, there can be ways, you know, to tip you off. But some of them were full of kids, little kids everywhere. Um, Some of them were mostly retirees and campgrounds. I think pretty much everyone we visited have, they have quiet hours from maybe like 10 in the evening till eight in the morning. Listen, some of these that were full of people older than us would be, I mean, silent at 10 PM. And we don't really consider ourselves a loud, boisterous family, but we are night owls. (laughs) We would have to be careful that we would not wake everybody up or get in trouble for breaking the quiet hours. But it was just funny how there would be different personalities and a couple of stories that illustrate this that stick out in my mind. One is that we were at this beautiful campsite in Montana. It was on a stream, it was lovely, and everyone there was older. No kids except for our kids, from what we could tell. And every evening at seven o'clock, they had a campfire in front of the office. Like anyone who wanted to come could come have s'mores and sit around the campfire. Our son, who was 15 at the time, he is so extroverted and loves to talk to people and, you know, honestly gets bored easily. So he's like, I'm going to go over to the campfire. He pulled up a chair, sat around, visited, talked, made friends. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Nate Land podcast. I remember he texted me and said, these people are talking about Nate Land, your podcast. So he just had himself a good old time at the campfire. Cut to the next night. So we had been exploring all day. We were coming back and it was about campfire time. So everyone was circled up there right in front of the office. And the office at this campsite also sold ice cream. Like they would scoop and you can get an ice cream cone which was lovely. So we were popping in to get an ice cream before going in for the night. And as we walked up, all these older people said, Brett, hey, Brett. Oh, I bet you're going to get ice cream. I know you're getting ice cream if I know you. I mean, it's like he was the mayor of the campsite. And it just warms my heart. I love that part of his personality that he can make friends with people who could be his grandparents. Um, And that was just like a really cute experience. And I was proud of him for that. Uh, Another one was that a campsite we stayed at in Michigan was full of dogs. Now there are dogs and pets at every campsite. We actually had my daughter's hedgehog with us in the RV, which turned out to be totally fine and low maintenance, kind of funny. Uh, But a lot, there would always be dogs, but this particular campsite in Michigan, I mean, all the dogs were there and it was Memorial Day weekend. So it was really full 
and just just a lot of dogs. And that evening, my husband kind of rolled over while he was sitting on our bed and his car key was in his pocket and he accidentally set off the alarm on our car. (laughs) Cue the chorus of howling, barking dogs. It was so funny as he is scrambling to like turn off the car alarm. There were a million dogs barking like it was so many dogs and that was just really funny. But each campsite has its own little personality and different things to enjoy. And that was just fun to see kind of the different crowds you would find yourself a part of. The next truth that we discovered about RV life is that for the most part, the vast majority of people in our country and beyond are incredibly kind and friendly. I know the South has a great reputation for Southern hospitality, but I would argue that around our country, there are just different flavors of hospitality. Maybe in some areas, people might come across like a little more gruff or a little more um, short with you, but they would give you the shirt off your back. Uh, It's expressed in different ways, but we found people to be so generous and friendly and kind Now, we did have a few bad apples along the way, a few crazy stories, which I told those on Instagram as they happened. And my husband is always saying, stop telling those negative stories, like don't harp on the negativity, but they are forever part of our family lore. But those are maybe two or three incidents that were negative. The rest were overwhelmingly positive. People are so nice to talk to, and it's just really nice to see. And a side note about that would be about visiting churches. Um, I have gone to church my entire life. I'm very comfortable in church. I'm comfortable in churches that are not like what I'm used to. Um, I can go into a church and know that I don't know anyone and I'm perfectly fine. Um, It's a comfort zone for me to be in church. But I will say visiting different churches on our travels, it struck me, first of all, how nice it is when someone comes up and says hello and recognizes that you are new and you are visiting. And also, so many times, as familiar as I am with church, and even though these churches would be sometimes very similar to what we have at home, there would be procedures and kind of traditions and rituals that we did not know what was going on. My husband would always get tickled at me because I would typically take communion at the wrong time. Either everyone had already taken it or... um, they were waiting to take it and I would just be lost in my own thoughts and concentration and do it wrong. Um, there were times when like, you know, there's a little book where you sign in as opposed to a card in the back of the pew and it's like, hey, pass the book. And we were confused. And listen, we were fine. We were absolutely fine and it was not a problem. But it was interesting how things could be foreign, even though we are very comfortable in the church setting. So it really made me think about people who are outside their comfort zone to be visiting a church and who are sensitive to not being included or not being spoken to. And so I have resolved to really try to reach out to new people and make others feel welcome. And I hope I can encourage you just, I mean, we all know this, that you want to say hello if you see someone unfamiliar at church, but it was just a good reminder to me that that really, as much as it meant to me, I imagine it means more to people who are a little more um, uneasy in that situation. So that is just a side note of something I observed. The next down and dirty truth about RV life is that it's expensive, y'all. You know, we chose to drive 21,000 miles at a time when gas feels like it's at an all-time high. Gas is expensive. You pay for RV sites, the RV, but what we didn't expect are the repairs. 
we bought um, a new RV. I think to do it again, maybe we would buy a used one where someone had worked out all the kinks, but we sort of thought, ooh, we don't want to stay in someone else's RV. We want a new one. Um, everything will be brand new and work well. Well, there were constant problems. Um, and this is very typical for RVs. We come to, came to find... Mm, we came to find out. We did our best to take really good care of it, to be gentle with things, to um, be considerate. When we were using our RV, my husband is very handy. He can fix just about anything, but we still had all kinds of problems where and nothing ever completely catastrophic or devastating, but it got to where our family would say, well, what's wrong with the RV this week? So that's something if you're considering this, um, you just want to know upfront. What we've heard is that older RVs were made better. I think everything was made better in the past, right? And the newer ones are just made cheaply. Um, for an example, we were just driving down the road and we were on the highway and a big piece of trim that was basically floor to ceiling next to our little sofa and behind the driver's seat, this floor to ceiling piece of trim inside the RV just fell off, just <laughs> fell down. And we were like, of course, things like that. It's just they're just cheaply made. And so that is something to consider. And that's one of the truths you need to know about life on the road. The next truth, and this really goes along with campsites having different personalities, but it's that campsites can be really bare bones or they can be really posh. Uh, we had a mixture. We tended toward the nicer ones because of safety and just wanting to be comfortable. I would go through several sites to look for sites to book and there are ratings and I would only stick with really high ratings like eight, nine, 10 out of 10. Um, you're a five out of 10, I'm not interested. So we, we stayed at nicer ones, um, but what I didn't realize, it's really cool, is most campsites have a little store. So there can be just sort of a little snack section and a few essentials, or they can have a really big, like well-stocked store. Many of them did where you could get uh, some basic groceries, you can get souvenirs, you can get RV supplies, you can get a pint of ice cream. Some of them had a little coffee shop or a restaurant, and we just got a big kick out of that. Um, even if you don't buy anything, it's fun to look around the little camp store when you get there. And at some of them, you can also get a mobile oil change on your RV. Not everywhere. We learned that the hard way. Um, you can get someone to come and wash your RV. You have to ask permission and check on these things, but there are a lot of services that will come right to you because it's a big, crazy vehicle, and it's hard to take it just anywhere. Uh, a lot of them also had a person who would check you check in when you get there and a person would escort you on a golf cart and direct you to your site. And that was always really nice. You just followed the golf cart and they showed you where you needed to be um, because it is, you know, a lot to maneuver. It's not like whipping around in your car looking for a parking spot. It's, you know, a bit more of an ordeal. So that was always nice. Um, one funny thing was we stayed at only one Jellystone Park. That's one with like Yogi Bear. And it's just kind of like a brand of campsite. And when we checked in, they gave us a flyer and they, you know, had all these kid-friendly things. And you could have Yogi Bear come tuck you into bed and read you a story. You could have breakfast with a bear. You could have s'mores with a bear. And you could, if it's your birthday, the bear would come sing you happy birthday and bring you a little treat, which is adorable and hilarious. And of course, my kids are teenagers. And so I had a good time threatening them that I was going to get the bear to tuck them into bed if they didn't do what I asked. Um, 
I thought I was funny. They didn't necessarily agree, but there are all kinds of amenities and services and fun things to be found at campsites, as well as uh, many of them have games and laundry and play structures. Um, Some have miniature golf, all kinds of stuff, swimming pools. You get the idea. Along that line, my next truth um, is just my list of unexpected thrills from this trip. There were several things that really delighted me that sort of caught me off guard that I didn't see coming. And I want to share those with you. Um, The first one is that I really loved what I would call the cozy coasts. Um, Starting with the Oregon coast, we stayed in this one campsite where we were right by the ocean and I had a little window right by my bed and I could open it at night and I could hear the ocean waves and I was just happy as a clam. We were only there a few nights, two or three nights. I wish we could have stayed there a week. We also had a little pathway where you could just walk out of the RV, cross a little road down the path and be at the beach. And this was a very different kind of beach and we encountered several like this. Uh, To set the scene here, I grew up going to 30A in Florida, sugar sand beaches, crystal blue clear waters. I mean, I think the most beautiful beaches anywhere. And we still are fortunate enough to get to spend time there pretty much every year now. Um, So that's the beach I know and I love and I'm used to. I did not expect to love these foggy, craggy, misty, mysterious beaches as much as I did. Uh, The one in Oregon, I went out there one morning by myself. I took a beach towel and just laid down and prayed and thought and just started my morning in the most beautiful way. And I thought... If I could do this every day, I think I would have a totally different life. Um, Also on that beach, side note, you could drive your car and people would drive a little bit crazy sometimes. So when I was laying there doing my prayer, if I heard a car, I was sure to sit up because I was afraid someone wouldn't see me and drive right over me. Uh, But on the Oregon coast and parts of the California coast, and then again on the East Coast, uh, Maine, Massachusetts, all around there, New England, I loved like the beaches where you could wear a sweater and you just walk in your bare feet and it's misty and it's foggy and there's rocks and the surf is breaking on the rocks and it's just a totally different experience than what I was used to and I discovered that's something I really love. Maybe that's the kind of beach you know and love and this is old news to you but this was something it's not that I hadn't ever seen anything like it before but I just had never really immersed myself in that kind of a beach after spending so much time in Florida. I loved it. The next unexpected thrill, and this, y'all, this is a big nerd alert, was going to different grocery stores. I've always enjoyed going and finding little seasonal finds or new things at the grocery store, but since the pandemic, I've had my groceries delivered for the most part, and so traveling was really fun to get out and explore grocery stores again, and I really enjoyed doing this in different parts of the country because you would find local products, things you'd never seen, um, pre-made little meals that were only offered at those stores. It was just a really fun thing to do about once a week to spend time by myself, go to a new local grocery store and see what I could find. I really got a kick out of that. I also did not expect to love the national parks as much as I did. Uh, (laughs) As I mentioned, not a camper. Uh, didn't really think of myself as such a nature enthusiast until I moved to Colorado. Then I really got into the outdoors and then visiting the national parks. If you know, you know, if you don't know, like they're really onto something. There's a book and a series that call the national parks America's best idea. 
And it's really true. They are so well done. They have so many amenities. The first one we visited was Yellowstone. We spent a great week at Yellowstone. And I had all of our groceries and everything I could possibly think of. Of course, this was early in our trip. So I was like overprepared because I thought we were just going to be in the wilderness. I did not know uh, until we got a little closer to the trip and I got an email about making dining reservations like they do at Disney, that there were restaurants, little stores, souvenir shops, ice cream stores, coffee shops. I mean, all kinds of amenities. Now, Yellowstone probably had the most. Other national parks don't have necessarily as many. They are done so well. They're really easy to navigate. They have good instructions for if you're going to spend an hour or two, if you're going to spend half a day, if you're going to spend a day, if you're going to spend a few days, they will tell you what to do. I just was really impressed with the national parks and I look forward to exploring more and more. As the trip progressed, I got excited to know when we were going to be visiting another national park because it was just always such a great experience. And we got to see so many beautiful parts of God's creation that were really just breathtaking. Another unexpected thrill I had along the way was something called Harvest Hosts. And this is a membership. Uh, We did a different camping membership as well, which we would not recommend. So that will go unmentioned. And that was a whole different thing. It was very economical, but at the end of the day, it wasn't quite worth it. But Harvest Host was my unexpected favorite way to book campsites. So what it is, it costs roughly $100 a year, which we we considered that we paid for this in one or two nights. It paid for itself. By paying that fee and joining Harvest Hosts, you get access to this whole network of small businesses and places, farms, all kinds of places that will let you boondock in your camper at their place. There's also something called Boondockers Welcome. That is where people just offer their private homes and you could stay like in their driveway. And we met some campers along the way who really love that. And they would like have dinner with people in their homes. We, that felt a little much for us, but we loved doing the small businesses. So boondocking, if you don't know, is where you're camping without any hookups. So at a campsite with full hookups, which is what we did the majority of the time, you have sewer, water, and electricity provided to you. Many times you also have internet and cable TV and all kinds of things. But boondocking, you're basically just parking and you don't have any hookups. So my hesitation was that, um, you know, again, not a camper, that we wouldn't have our amenities. But we would only do this for one night at a time. The Harvest Host stays are only for one night and you can use all of the things. Now, if you're going to take a shower, if you're going to skip a shower one night that week, that would be the night. You can't just like fill up your water tank and take a big shower or wash too many dishes, but you can use your facilities. You can, you know, maybe you would turn off the generator at night if it was too loud and that'd mean like not watching TV as long as we wanted to. Basically, it's business as usual. So it really was not a hassle to boondock and it's convenient to not have to set everything up and hook everything up and then unhook it when you want to leave. So you find a host and request a stay and they approve you. And then when you're staying there, you get to boondock and in return, you spend a suggested $20 at their business. So we stayed anywhere from a sugar farm Uh, We did several of those in the Northeast and in Canada where they make maple syrup and maple syrup products. We stayed at multiple alpaca farms. We stayed at a Christian camp, which was really cool because it was like having summer camp to yourself with no one there. I mean, we could do kayaks. We could do um, 
the zip lines. We could do, I mean, all kinds of stuff. We got to play on at the Christian camp. We stayed at multiple golf courses. That was so fun because those would be so beautiful and pretty and serene. It's a really quiet, nice place to stay. We were the only ones there in the evenings. And then my husband, sometimes with the kids even, would get up and play golf, play around a golf to patronize the business. Or we would visit their restaurant or both. Um, we had some really nice experiences at golf courses. We stayed at some car museums. You have never seen my husband more excited. It's like we were not even up for the day and he's coming in. I got donuts. Who's excited? I mean, so excited to walk out the door and into a car museum. We stayed at a pumpkin patch right before Thanksgiving. And in the same way that it was like being at the summer camp, um, we got to do all of the pumpkin patch activities they had like swings and the big uh, bouncy pad and all kinds of activities that my kids just got to run around and do and we got to watch the sunset over all the pumpkins and it was just really neat so those experiences were many of our favorites it took us off the beaten path uh, we got to meet really interesting, cool people. Many times they would take time to tell you about their business and what they do. Uh, so we learned a lot. We went to places we never would have gone. And we were so happy to spend money at these small businesses. For instance, at the alpaca farm, we bought alpaca socks. Um, at the golf course, we would buy maybe a polo or a round of golf. Just wherever we were, that was a really cool experience. So if you're going to do this, I would definitely recommend Harvest Hosts. And my final unexpected thrill from life on the road in an RV for a crazy year was the encouragement we received. Now we set out to do this. Um, it really was a crazy spur of the moment thing. I truly feel that God put it on my heart uh, to just do this with our family um, and provided ways to make this happen. And so with the exception of our parents and our siblings, kind of our close family, we weren't really seeking approval or um, validation for doing this. Like we were doing this regardless. So what I really found surprising was how much it meant to me when people encouraged us. Uh, people who maybe sent a card from church and said, hey, what you're doing is really cool. I hope you have the best time and we'll be praying for you. Or when we would meet people at a campsite and they'd say, oh, are you just out for the weekend? And we're like, um, we're actually doing this for the year. They're like, that is great. Your kids will always remember this. And, you know, whether or not it was a good idea, it was so nice for people to just cheer us on, even if they thought we were crazy, even if we thought we were crazy. So it's really encouraged me that when I see people doing something outside the box, stepping outside of their comfort zone, going against the grain, doing things a little differently, I plan to cheer them on because it really... When you take these leaps of faith, it, it means a lot for people to encourage you, even if you think you don't need it. So I encourage you to sort of take that on as well. If you see someone taking a different path in life that is a positive path, uh, you know, tell them you admire it and encourage them along the way because it can be hard and scary to do things differently. So there you have it. Um, we had a great experience. A lot of people wanted to know, are you coming home? Are you coming back? Yes, we're coming back. Uh, my husband and I really loved this more than we expected to. 
our kids loved the experiences. They loved getting a break from real life, but the reality is they are teenagers and they miss having their own rooms. Uh, my husband and I, of course, had our own space with our own bed and bathroom and kind of our own little section. They were a little more um, public and where they stayed, if that makes sense. Like they didn't have as much of their own space to themselves. So they're happy to be back in their rooms, back with their friends, not spending 24 hours a day with mom and dad. Um, and as, where I love having all of my family crammed in a closed space next to me. I feel a lot of comfort in that. Um, they're happy to spread out. And I am too. It's nice to be home. So we're home. We are done with RV life for now. Um, and like I said, I just want to be real about it. My kids enjoyed themselves, but they are very glad it's over, <laughs> to be truthful. My husband and I think we want to do this in the future when we are empty nesters. Not full time, not sell our house, but do some pretty good travels uh, where we could go and just explore some more because we really enjoyed it. We found we enjoy exploring in the same way. We love to get like a good coffee at a local coffee shop, explore a town, go on a little hike, of course, maybe find a car museum just sit and drink our coffee and enjoy beautiful scenery. So we do plan to do this again in the future, just the two of us. As far as our RV, we are selling it. I know I've described it as so great with all the problems. If you're interested, it is for sale. Uh, we thought about keeping it for future trips. We thought about renting it out, but at the end of the day, um, we decided it's best to go ahead and sell it. And in the future, we maybe want to get like a little Airstream, something a little smaller. Our RV was a class A, is pretty big, and that's great for a family. But uh, the smaller you are, the more you can maneuver and you can go just about anywhere. So we love the idea if it's just the two of us, something a little smaller. But we'll see where that leads us and what we end up doing. But I know a lot of people were curious about our future plans. I'll tell you if my kids had been obsessed with it and wanted to keep going it would have been really tempting to try to figure out a way to keep traveling um, but the reality is it was a great year and we packed as much as we absolutely could into that year and now it's great to be home and we have a new appreciation for our home and our space and our conveniences of being in our house so there you go. That is the truth. If you have any other questions, I'm happy to answer them for you. You can DM me on Instagram. Uh, if you're considering RV travel or if you're just curious about some part of this that I neglected to talk about, I'm happy to tell you. So like I said, I will be sharing about how to plan a visit to a new place and how to find some quirky out of the way things to do, how to make the most of your time. That'll be coming up, but I promise this is not going to be a travel podcast. It's still just a little mix of everything, things we can celebrate in life, big and small. And this was a big one. So now for the feature we all know and love, three things I'm loving this week. These are just things I enjoy that I think you might enjoy too. You can find links to them in the show notes and also on my website, I'll have a blog post with the links and it does support the show in a completely free way to you if you shop through my links. The first one is a new mascara. Now I am a stick in the mud about my mascara. I usually use L'Oreal Voluminous, which I'm going to make a note. I should link to that one too, because it's also a really good one. I use the waterproof version of that. I think it stays on the best. And anytime I ventured out and tried a different mascara, I always go back to my usual. Well, I now have a 13 year old daughter 
who, like girls today, has a multi-step skincare routine and is always giving me a list of things she would like from Sephora or Ulta. And she has showed me a lot of new beauty products. So we enjoy doing that together. And she got me to try a mascara by Fenty. That's Rihanna's company. And y'all, I'm a convert. I still have my L'Oreal. I still like that one too, but I love how this one makes my lashes look longer. And it does not, it, the L'Oreal I feel like is pretty much smudge proof. This one is not as smudge proof, but it's really good. Really, really good. So I'm going to link that for you. It's legit. It makes my lashes longer than the one I usually use. So it is part of my rotation now, and I'm happy to have it in my arsenal. Along the same lines, I want to tell you about a makeup case that I am really loving. This is something I acquired on my travels, for my travels, and I will use it indefinitely because it's great. So this is a, it's kind of like a rectangle train case with a zipper, not quite a train case, but um, you flip it open, you unzip it, flip it open. You have a lighted mirror, which is great. So if you're in a hotel, or an RV. You can sit in your bed with this in your lap, or you could put it on a hotel desk. Wherever you are, you've got your lit mirror in front of you. Then you have a section that comes out, kind of like a flat thing that holds your makeup brushes, or maybe like eyeliner, mascara, those things. And then underneath, you have adjustable compartments for all of your makeup. I love this system. It keeps everything so neat and nice. You've got your lit mirror there right in front of you, and it's really inexpensive. Uh, last I checked, it was under $30. I mean, it's great. It's a steal, honestly. So this is my favorite new makeup case. Uh, my daughter has one. My sister was really impressed with it when I traveled with her, and I think you would really like it too. The third and final thing that I'm loving this week is gonna get a little more personal than I'm used to on the podcast. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Um, but it is an epilator. So <laughs> I talked about the short showers. That led me to explore some shaving options as I traveled. And I ended up with this little epilator. Um, and so it's not a shaver. It actually pulls out the hair. Okay. So this is very personal for me to share. I feel like, I mean, it's really not, but I found that it did not work well on my legs. Like my leg hair was too fine, but I am full time now on the epilator for my underarms. Okay. And the main question you're going to have, I know what it is. Does it hurt? I do not think it hurts. It pulls out the hair from the root. You have great results. I feel like you can feel it, but it does not hurt me. It might hurt you. It doesn't hurt me. I feel like if you've done any kind of waxing, if you've been through childbirth, you're going to be fine. Uh, this little thing is under $40. And I'm also going to link, it's got a great little case you can buy, which you're going to want the case for all the little parts. But it really does the trick. And I really like this system. In my old age, shaving would kind of irritate my underarms. Again, I'm not one to really talk about these things to strangers potentially, but I really love this product. I think you would love it too. And it just has worked well for me. That is all for today. Thank you for looking back on my year of travel with me and keep celebrating. Thank you so much for listening. I would love for you to subscribe to this podcast and I truly appreciate your five-star reviews.